podcast deals with themes, languages, and situations that may not be suitable for young audiences. If you're under the age of 18, parental guidance isn't going to help you here. It's Tuesday, which means we are here for yet another episode of Now Open, the podcast, the sex education podcast that's honestly more sex than education. I'm Trisha. I am Kai. And I am Jobim. All right, guys. So what have y'all been up to this last week? Kai was gone last week, so we don't know what the hell she was up to. So we'll go to you later because I'm sure you have cuento. But Jabim, what have you been up to? Okay, so I learned my new favorite bit of trivia this week, which is that um, due to a change in atmospheric pressure, it is common for men who climb Mount Everest to have erections, like unwarranted erections. Like they're just up there. Yeah, there are just men who are hard on Everest right now, probably. Wow. <laughs> imagine cool. that, and you can't really do you can't really do anything about it because you have so much clothes on. So even if you yeah, like, excuse yeah. yourself to go to the bathroom, you have to take off so much layers. By the time you're like there, I don't think it'll be hard anymore because you're just so tired, right? Of taking off your clothes, I, have to go to the fucking bathroom on Everest. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not I'm like a pretty sure time. it hurts. Like underneath all those layers of clothes, having a boner would be I wouldn't pain. <laughs> Just I, anyway, that's my new favorite bit of trivia. That anytime somebody's like, "I climbed, climbed Mount Everest," you're like you've you've been hard on a mountain before. <laughs> Way to really downplay that achievement, or like you know, overshadow that achievement. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what I did last week, um, I got a haircut. Mm-hmm. My cat got a haircut. Yeah, that's what so happened. So it was just haircut week for you guys. All right. Yeah, it was now we begin the show with much. shorter hair and high nicer stare. bangs and no Kai apparently and no, again and still no Kai for the second. And still no Kai exactly. If you guys <laughs> haven't checked out our episode last week, that was a super special episode because uh, it was just Jobim and I, and we were actually together in person. Um, for the drinking. first time, drinking and laughing very inappropriately at very um, inappropriate things. All right, guys. So tell us actually about hello. what happened with your weekend. I went to the beach. It, it wasn't, but for me, it was like sayang because it's like ulan lang ulan. It was super. It was super cloudy. So I don't know why I even went. But then, like whatever. I had a fun time at the beach, drinking rum cokes with my cousin. It was super chill. It was super chill. <laughs> For tonight, I wanted to talk about firsts. Um, given that we're using StreamYard for the first time, I think it's very appropriate for us to be talking about our firsts. So I want to ask you, how was the first time you had sex? How was it losing your virginity? Mm. Okay, I'll start because I don't think anybody's story is going to get sadder than mine. I was like 16 or 17, right? I'm pretty sure I was 17. I was with my first girlfriend who had lost her virginity when she was much younger, like maybe 13. So, and she had slept with maybe two or three guys already at that point when we had been together. So she was in no rush to sleep with me. We, we had probably been together for a while and I, and I was in no rush either, but finally uh, she decided it was time. (laughs) It was the most unceremonious thing. Um, She literally let me lay on top of her for like three pumps. She tapped me on the back and she said, okay, that's enough. (laughs) Oh. And I rolled off triumphantly as if I had just conquered all of Europe. (laughs) Just so proud of myself that I had finally, I had finally lost my virginity. I went to school the next day and I was like, guys, guess what I did? Guess what I did? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I was, I was really proud of that. Uh, I was really proud of that three pumps. That's how I lost my virginity, technically. I guess that counts, sort of. Because I, I, I don't remember the, the second time when, like, I went all the way. I actually don't remember that time. The only one I remember is the first experience my penis had with a vagina. Yeah, that's pretty sad. All right. Yeah, you win you. that one. You win this one, sir. <laughs> like, mine wasn't sad, I guess. I mean, I technically, I would consider, like, I had two losses of virginity because one with a guy, one with a girl. And both times, unfortunately for me, both times were with people who were in relationships at the time, but I didn't know. They didn't tell me that they were in relationships at the time. So I, I came into this uh, thinking, oh, it's you and me. Cool. Awesome. And then later found out that they were still partnered. So my first times were tainted by accidental infidelity, I suppose. Do you think that having your first times colored by no. um, infidelity influenced your, your stance on polygamy and monogamy and commitment in general? I wouldn't say it influenced the whole polyamory thing, but it definitely influenced my self-esteem. Like I, I ended up chasing after people who weren't right for me or trying to prove myself. Uh, like I, it was just a, because like, I know that they were doing it like as an escape of sorts. It was, it was just so bad that I felt like I felt like an object. I felt used and I liked it a little bit. And I, that just like replicated some really unhealthy patterns later on in life. Okay. Right. Oh How about God. you, Kai? I hope you have a nicer well, story. Oh. Okay, here. Mine was like, okay. So in high school. I was in the volleyball varsity for a very short time, a very, very short time. And like, I had a boyfriend from another school at the time. And I was so like, in my head at the time, I was like, oh my God, I'm so in love with this guy. And you know, I really, really want to have sex with him because it's going to mean so much to me because I love him. And I was 14 years old. What the fuck did I know? Anyway. Um, I, I, I made takas from volleyball practice, took a cab to his house, not even his house, his best friend's house, because he was sleeping over at his best friend's place. And I was like, you know what? I want to lose my virginity today. So literally, I go into his best friend's room and his best friend's sleeping on the top bunk. And we're like on the bottom, not even a bunk. It was like, this is the bed. This is the mattress on the floor. And my boyfriend at the time, like a pullout bed. <laughs> Yeah, they go pull out bed. And like he he has like he we have sex on the pull-out bed. And his best friend occasionally would look back and be like, oh. And you like go back to sleep like this. And I'm like, wow, this is so special to me. Look at this. I felt like such a badass. Like I feel like I'm in skins. Wow. And you know, looking you felt back so at adult. it. It felt like I such did. a raw experience. I yeah, but looking back at it, I was like, that was so ratchet. And that, I'm like, <laughs> but hey, I mean, there is a time for being ratchet, and it is your like early teens, man. It <laughs> is a time, time to be ratchet, ratchet decisions when you're young. I mean, we can't be ratchet yeah. now. Yeah, we yeah. have a comment here about there. Uh, one of our commenters, first time. Uh, hi, Christian Jed. So he says he's a late bloomer who had his sexual debut at 22. You know what? I feel like being a late bloomer is no, there's no shame because like you're not being as ratchet as, or sad as we are, you know? Right. Like you can actually give some like thought to right. your first time. His first time seems to have been pretty nice. He says, lucky to have been with someone who was patient, understanding, and attractive before going to the motel they dragged me to the department store to choose lingerie. They'd model for me during the deed. Wow. Awesome. That's incredible. Wow. That is I so lovely. I think his first time story tops all hours, which now, now forces me to backtrack. And like, don't be ratchet when you're young, guys. Hold out till you're 22 until you can find someone who's going to make your first time special and they're going to take you to the department store and buy lingerie with you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, like, I wish... If I could tell myself 
Mandy, if you're watching, wait, just wait. Maybe a little longer, just a little bit, just a little bit. So uh, in that sense, I wanted to ask, like, since so we're talking about how our experiences were just like pretty sad compared to Christian Jed's um experience. And it just got me thinking, like, you know, how how we put such a premium on that first time, or how we kind of like try to we, we tend to judge this whole idea of our first times being good enough or not good enough. So in that sense, I wanted to ask you and the viewers, what does virginity mean to you? Or what did it mean to you growing up? I grew up at a time with when American Pie was a thing, right? American mm-hmm. Pie was a big thing growing up. I mean, I, w- I was probably maybe 10 or 9 when it came out. But my generation of friends, we knew about American Pie. So like the sex pack thing, we lose our virginity before we, you know, we graduate from high school is, I think, a thing that a lot of dudes of my generation attempted because of that. Mm. And I, I think other than the pressure to lose one's virginity, it didn't really mean much to me at all. Especially now looking back, it, it really didn't mean anything to me. Right. Okay. What about you, Trisha? Uh. For me, it was definitely something I I wanted to lose. Like, it was, I felt like it was a rite of passage almost. Because, yeah, I was very sexual growing up. So, it was something that I wanted to kind of, it was a mix. Because I'm a closet romantic. So, I did really want to lose my virginity. But I also had a lot of ideas about how it would have happened. It didn't involve marriage at any point. But I, I knew I did want it to be special with someone I really cared about. And I had like maybe rose petals on the bed. I don't know, you know, like I, I had some ideas and I, so it was something that's special, but I really wanted to get rid of when <laughs> I could. Right. Yes, yes. Like for me, virginity was such a weird concept because I was like, like you, Trisha, I was always really sexual. I grew up in an environment, at least in school, where talking about your virginity was always in the context of like, you had to be a virgin. And if you weren't, people would judge you. Or at least the girls in my school would have judged me. I remember there was this one instance where, because I was like, I was always the, the resident slot. And I remember this one girl who came up to me and she was like, you know, if the principal finds out you're not a virgin anymore, you can get expelled. And I was like, oh shit. Okay, that was that's why it's so weird to me because I wanted to lose it. I always wanted to like, you know, explore my sexuality, but there was always so much judgment from the girls around me. And you know, like looking back at our experiences, I feel as though like they're so it's so nuanced in the sense that, like, for example, for Joe Bim, he was talking about how the the virginity for him was really just the pressure to lose it, right? Whereas for Trisha, it was like there was this whole idea of how she had to lose it. Or like didn't necessarily have to like um, include marriage or the typical idea of losing your virginity after marriage, but there was this whole idea like the rose petals. And with Minaman, like there was this pressure, yeah, wanna lose it but keep it hidden. So this whole idea of how virginity is so much like more focused on women, I believe is, and I feel is something that is problematic. We're the only species that puts uh, a premium on virginity. We're the only species right. that values virginity. Yeah, and our we're, listeners we're, like also definitely feel the same way. Like um, Nika said that she also believed that it was something she had to hold on to, kind of like, well, not us, I guess, but other people, like what you're taught yeah. to do. But mm-hmm. it's also something, especially as a woman, that's taken away from you. Like you always hear that language being used for for women only. Right. You know, you don't take right. a man's virginity, but you take a woman's virginity. Right, exactly. And going, we're going to talk more about how, like, this whole virginity concept surrounds women more than it does men. But before that, I want to talk about, like, what Jobin just said. It's, it's really just humans who give a fuck about virginity. And that really says a lot about it. Because it goes to show that virginity is not necessarily something that is true for all species. See, the idea of virginity came when private property happened. 
And I learned about this back in undergrad. It, was, it really shocked me. Because at the time, like like what Nika said, I was such a... I always felt that like, even though I wanted to give it, like I wanted to give my virginity out, I always felt like it was something... I always felt a little jealous about girls who lost it later than me. Because... <laughs> because I always felt they had more self-restraint. They had more self-discipline than me. And thus, they were better than me. You know? I always had that idea. And you see... The whole idea that virginity is something that women should lose, or women should keep, rather, is really an idea that came when private property came about. You see, um, the ownership of property created the first significant division between men and women. Before that, when property was communal, when property wasn't being fought over, it was women and men were egalitarian or meaning they were more they were more equal footing than they were after private property because when private property came about that's when the nuclear family when the husband wife kid nuclear family when the nuclear monogamous family became the basic unit of society and because of that because because of the family owning property it became a thing. The inheritance became a thing. Land ownership became a thing. And here's the thing. If you think about it, when a woman is pregnant, you're sure that's her kid. Right? I mean, like, duh. I hope like, so. Right? Like, <laughs> if, you're, if a woman's pregnant, that's her fucking kid. But you can't really, there's no biological or like, there's no like visual. There's no visual cue that says this guy is the, is the father. This is why until today, we have all these like, these 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 talk shows and like is he the father is he the father is he the father Jerry Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> I used yeah, to obsessively watch those they were amazing is that show Maury Maury was like yeah, that was yeah. like Jerry Springer and Maury they, they both mm-hmm. did the paternity tests yeah it, and there's that whole obsession about who the father is but of course yeah. it's because it, it's kind of dumb to think like oh she the mother of that kid malamang the she's pregnant but right. because of that idea that men couldn't exactly, you couldn't really tell who the father was, right? And given that there was private property already, men were controlling that property and thus they had to control who inherited the property. And how could you, how could you control who inherited the property? You had to make sure that the woman was carrying your kid, which is how the concept of virginity came about. It's because be, with with the with, with the rise of private property, it was extended to the woman, and more than that, it just made sense. Na parang she gives she gives birth to children, thus she has to take care of children, thus she has to stay in the home and take care of children. This whole focus on the biological became the basis for this whole idea of virginity, and that just goes back to what Jobim was saying. We're the only species that gives a fuck about virginity, and it's not biological. Virginity is a social concept. Whereas once it served a social purpose because we did not have like the technology to do paternity tests or DNA te- right. tests and stuff like that, right. it's it's now just an outdated ideology. Exactly, exactly. That it's we a, still put a premium on. Right, and it's not even like scientific, you know. Yeah. yeah. People think that it's scientific. A lot of people think it's scientific that like you can have tests for virginity. No, it's well, largely yeah, cultural that is the question. and religious. Can mm-hmm. exactly. like, let's say exactly. like an uh, like a doctor, a, a vagina doctor, can they see if you're a virgin or not? Can they tell? From what I've looked into for this episode, um, you know that whole concept of the hymen. I'm very you familiar. Know. <laughs> you know, like the but that idea that parang once you break your hymen, you are not a virgin. Parang ganon yung ganon yung ano diba? Ganon yung the virgins have a hymen. They right. they bleed on the white wedding sheets and everything, right? Right, right. right. Parang ganon daw diba? According to Emily Nagoski, who wrote "Come as You Are," which is like a book about female sexual pleasure. The thing is, women may or may not have a hymen. Not all women have a hymen. If we're gonna say that you lose your virginity when you break your hymen, doesn't that kind of extend to saying like some women are born not virgins because they have no hymen, right? right? What, what did you What did you guys hear about the hymen when you were younger, or like what do you guys like think of when you hear of hear the word like hymen? Okay, so 
what I heard about hymens growing up was that you could break your hymen from riding on a bicycle too hard. Or a horse. So, or a horse, right? Hey, so That is totally true, though. If you're not a virgin anymore and you don't want people to know, you just tell people you're riding on a bike real hard. I don't know how the fuck people were riding bikes <laughs> back when I was in high school, but I never saw a girl inserting a bike seat into her vagina. All no, right, so. this is totally true, though, because um, I broke my hymen riding a horse. Mm. On yeah, its like, back. Yes, on its yes, back. Okay, oh, man. Man. All right, so... I'm I, not dead yet. <laughs> here's what I learned about hymens. Is that, um, so I, I, tried to fig- I tried to do some research to find out what they're for, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it turns out several animals, that several different, different creatures have hymens from whales to elephants. I think giraffes have hymens. And the jury is out on what they do specifically. There's a really asinine sociological theory that hymens in humans evolved because of that, you know, that desire for uh for virgins, right? Which which is which is already disproven because animals have hymens and animals are not selective of their partners based on the presence of a hymen. Right. So right. the prevailing theory is that it's there to protect vaginas until you know, they have sex. So unless anything has ever supposedly penetrated it, there is a protective covering from bacteria or any other outside particles from entering your vagina. And yeah, that, that's, that's it. That's all it does. It's so protection. So in that sense, it's more, there's no reproductive function generally. So like there's, the hymen basically doesn't do anything for the sexual experience, if you think about it. Because if it's just there to like, right, like, you know, there's no biological or reproductive function on the hymen. It's like just reading the cultural myths attached to the hymen that make it such a big deal. Yeah, I guess like the most they would do is it would kind of make it a little bit painful because you are tearing like a tissue. I, I guess it's tissue. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. No science background here, but I think it's tissue. And obviously when that breaks, that kind of hurts. But other than that, that's probably the only effect I can see it happening. But we have this uh, lovely comment from Bian who said, my Obi told me a broken hymen is not an indication of virginity because it heals and breaks. Exactly. So when it heals, virginity resets. Right? So according to Amina Goski, she says that sex mainly hurts because of lack of lubrication. Pain can also come about when the hymen is not used to being stretched, but the hymen doesn't stay broken forever. It heals. In women so, that have them. In women that have them. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, yeah, as, as what Bien was saying, you can reset your virgin card. So, tama yung mga na sa Twitter where it's like, oh, I haven't had sex in two years, virgin. Now, it's like, oh, ganon. <laughs> Check if your hymen is grown back. Maybe you are. Maybe you <laughs> are, are. bitch. That's. <laughs> I would not want to have a hymen again. But yeah, a little bit more about the hymen. The hymen grows more flexible in time, says Emily Nagoski. And um, here's one more thing I found really cool: the size of the hymen is independent of penetration. As I said, it grows more flexible in time, and it changes due to hormones. You know how they say your vagina gets bigger, or like your your yeah like your your vagina are you uh, it gets bigger because of how much dicks you take in there all the apparently, time, right? But apparently, it really just it's because of your hormones that it expands and contracts. Oh my god, I don't like that. That's, that sounds so weird. It expands and contracts, expands and contracts. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Next question. I pity the people who who only have to listen to the audio of this and don't have the visual representation <laughs> that we are offering of an expanding and contracting vagina. We have you such have great to, re- representations. Yeah, you just have to watch it on, if you're listening to this on Spotify or whatever audio, you just have to catch it on YouTube or it. Facebook. Yeah, just to see it. Just to see it. Creative visuals. Creative visuals. <laughs> um, Is this guys- what a vagina looks like? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that movie, Teeth? <laughs> oh my god, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Which oh I my think god, you our, our movie episode. I think we, we need crazy. to we need to watch that. It's not an erotic film, but we're definitely gonna we're gonna watch. I that. fucking loved it. It was so empowering. I loved it. 
You should watch it, Jim. It's really good. Anyway. It made me bring here. a toothbrush on most dates after that. <laughs> <sighs> Going back to virginity, what do you think were the double standards regarding virginity? Like the ones you can, we've talked about a few, right? Like throughout this podcast, this episode, but I wanted to like see, like, what are the things you've heard, like culturally from your parents, from your friends about virginity? Oh God, where do we start, man? Um, right. It starts at such a young age when all of your titos and titas are asking you about, well, me, about, you know, my girlfriends. I'm like, you know, maybe 10 years old, but all the girls are being joked about, being told like they're, they're going to be sent to convents or stuff. You know, you're not allowed to have a boyfriend until you're 30. You know what I mean? They're just, they're jokes, but it's internalized in you that um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that boys are allowed to fuck around. Boys are encouraged to fuck around. That You know, oh, you have different girlfriends. Titos do that joke. They're like, uh, is this your girlfriend? That's different from the girlfriend last time, huh? You know, because there's a, that's the joke that you are babaero kaya. So, Whereas girls are like, yeah, uh, no dating until you're 30. And even then, mm. you still have to bring him home first. Right, right. And I mean, that's like, not strictly virginity, talk about virginity, but it definitely bleeds into that as well. Yeah, it bleeds into the whole, like, the, sex- the sphere of sexuality in, like, our culture. There's this pressure for women to your. There's this idea that women should be sexually experienced virgins. See what I'm trying to say? Where it's like, you don't like to hear that a woman's fucked around, but you like it when a woman can suck dick really well. But you don't want want to just fuck around. Your ideal woman is a virgin whore. Exactly. Right? Like that idea where it's like, I don't want to hear about anyone you fuck, but I want you to fuck me great. Like, they expect a porn star wrapped up in a virgin body. Really. Which is, by the way, absolutely impossible. Exactly. That gets me thinking about that trope, that idea where, like, a good girl na freaking bed. Alam yung idea na yun? Parang, she looks like a good girl, she might be a freaking bed. She's a secret freak. There was this, this article I read by Michael Tan called Filipino Keywords Related to Sexuality. And he talks about how the Filipino language regarding virginity is focused primarily on the woman's need to preserve it. Like, that idea, it's the best gift that you can give to your husband. Example. You know, you know like that. Like, that, 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 whole, that, that, that trope, that idea, na parang, your virginity is the best gift that you can give to your husband. Oh, yeah. Like, um, my mom tried to really instill that in me. Like, when my dad and I would talk about virginity, he would be like you cannot get married as a virgin. <laughs> like he would tell me that because he's like, you, you know, you have to have experience. You have to know that you're sexually compatible. So that would be a really awful idea. My mom, on the other hand, would tell me that you need to be a virgin. It's like, it's um, it, it's just a, shy, a sign of respect for your future husband. And this is before she knew I was gay. So, or mostly leaning towards women. And it's ridiculous because my mom was not a virgin when she got married. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there was a part of her that was just trying to correct, to course correct and live vicariously through me and 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 try to make up for her mistakes by imposing that on me. And I, I feel like, I don't know about you guys, but that's, that's really what I felt with a lot of Filipino moms. She's like, you have to make up for all the premarital sex I had. <laughs> all the mistakes I made because a lot of them had kids before marriage. A lot of the women on my mom's side had kids before marriage. I actually remain to be the only woman in that side of the family who has not gotten pregnant yet. That is of relatively fertile age. So I, I feel like it was, I feel like that whole you have to give it to your husband thing was also just her kind of way of making sure that I don't get, get pregnant, pregnant before marriage. And I was like, Guess what, mom? I have a solution. <laughs> I don't fuck men anymore. <laughs> yeah. Problem solved. Best, best birth control. Best birth control. The way your mom was with you was also the way a, cer- a certain guy dated was with me. He'd always feel so guilty after sex. He'd always be like, I, f- I really feel we're sinning, guy. We're sinning against God, guy. And I'm like, wow. I'm really dating you. 
I really am. Maybe that was his kink. He would just go home and beat off to be like, oh God, I was, I sinned today. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like I remember. I I do have another uh, observation about like virginity growing up. Is the, mm-hmm. was that my friends were always of course this this tapers off as you get older although I still know a few guys who are like this um, when you're young there's kind of this I don't know you're also pressured about your performance in bed so you'd rather not have slept with somebody who's had any experience yes 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 right but in addition to that guys were always like oh, I, I, I don't know if I want to go out with her I heard she's not a virgin anymore and this, I, I heard this most often around the time we were losing our virginities. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, you, there was that idea that you had to perform better than who you were having sex with. Is that, is that what you're saying? Or at least you, you'd rather have sex with somebody who wouldn't have anyone to compare you to. Right. See, that's uh... a very interesting... Like, when you talk about the virginity, like virginity with Jobim versus the virginity with like the Trisha's, Trisha's experience, you see how in Jobim's experience, you see how it's, there was that pressure to be more powerful in a sense by not being able to be compared to other people. Whereas with Trisha, it was more of a passive role that she had. Her mom was imposing on her. Parang you have to keep that, keep that evil in you. So that you don't, you, you're not, you're not too, you're not gonna freak out your future husband. Parang that I feel is like a, a very distinct double standard. And it's very, very prevalent in our language. If you think about it, for example, the word birhen. When you think birhen, you birhen, birhen Maria. Like you think about, you never say birhen lalaki, right? When you think about the word birhen, you think of a woman, right? It's true. It's a term more suited to women. Because, you know, it, it sounds weird when you say birhen lalaki. And it sounds weird primarily because given that our language... Uh, like a feminine... Like a feminine word. Like, you know how... Because it's, uh, it's Spanish, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. is it is it la birhen? But can you have an el birhen? I think in Tagalog, it's used exclusively in the feminine. Right. Like, there's yeah. a word... We have the word colegiala, but there's no male equivalent to that. What's colegiala? Is that just like a college girl? Yeah, college girl. Ay, colegialo. Wala, apangit. Wala tayong colegialo. There's colegiala. Ah, because if you're lusting after this young college girl type of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I like Well, we have, a, like we have this interesting comment from Edelie. My high school teacher said that women should let their men have all the sex they want. So when they experience it for the first time, they'll enjoy it. So this goes back to Jabim's whole thing about that pressure to please when you're mm-hmm. a virgin. And that's why you kind of want to also be with a woman who's not as experienced so that you're not scared that they'll compare you to all the other men that they slept with. Right. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure on young men that's not talked about, especially because young men watch a lot of fucking porn, man. And, and porn is not realistic. Porn is not realistic. That's what we like about porn. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we don't know that being young men, right? So we're watching this thinking, wow, my dick doesn't look that big. I can't make a woman scream like that. And and there's this, this pressure we put on ourselves and that we put on each other as young men to be right. experienced in bed without ever having done it before, presumably because you watched it so many times. Exactly. And the thing is, like, you know, what you see on screen may not always translate to real life. And it's not supposed to all the time, it's you know? Like, like the thing is, first times are going to be awkward and weird. And that's part of the fun. Like, you know, it's part of the, it's part of the learning experience. Like, porn is, is a fantasy. And porn is something that not a lot of people can do, to be honest. Like, the things you see on, on, on a porno, not everyone can do that. And that's okay to, 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 to accept that, you know, you can't, I can't like, I can't have a massive dick and shove it in a girl's mouth. I can't do that. And that's okay to admit that. I just wanted to show this comment because I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the commenter said, Kaso kahit marami silang experience, hindi naman sila magaling. You know what? I'm going to have to agree because my first time uh, with a guy, 
actually both times were with people who were already experienced and they were both bad. They were both just like, I remember the, with the girl, I was like, this is it. This is what sex is supposed to feel like. And I faked the whole way through. And with the guy, it was also basically the same thing. I just pretended to enjoy it, you know, because it was like... I think this this ties back to Kai's whole thing about, like, there's no such thing as being good or bad in bed, right? Because it goes the other way. Some Some of my most memorable sexual experiences have been with virgins. So it's really just about the person you're with and how compatible they are with you and how comfortable they are in their own skin. I don't think experience has as much to do with how well you connect in bed as your compatibility mm-hmm. with the other Exactly, person. exactly. Remember what we said in the past episode about how foreplay is so important? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah right? Like, that makes that makes the sex so much better, the foreplay, you know? Because if you're just there to pound and whatever, you know, it's not, you know, it just doesn't work. No, for me, it doesn't work. I mean, it, it can be good, too, if that's what you're into or if that's what you want right, at the moment. Right, but generally right. speaking, sex is more rewarding when there is some investment. Exactly. Exactly. Given, given like, that that comment earlier, I feel like what Jobim was saying, uh, now, you know, not everyone has the same preferences and not everyone would like the same things either. Like, for example, when I was younger, there was this girl who fought with her boyfriend and she was telling me about it. And she was like, he likes to he likes to shove my head in his dick while I'm giving him a blowjob. And I'm like, that's so sexy. And she's like, no, it's so bastos. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I was told when I was in high school, one of my friends uh, just told me casually that she hated it whenever guys put their hands behind their heads whenever she would give them head. I internalized that. <laughs> and so up until my my early 20s, I would only receive blowjobs like this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> until, like hands until at the side, just like... Yeah, just... Uh, <laughs> you know, like, just being where respectful. Where do you put your hand? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> just do this. What do you do? <laughs> just do this. you a blowjob. Expand and contract. Expand and contract. Oh, we have a great question here. Is it by culture to have two separate losing virginity milestones with the opposite and same sex? I was honestly more pressured about the prospect of doing it the first time with same sex. What do you think about that, Trisha? Okay, so um, I guess I am by now, but I started out as a lesbian. So uh, for a time, that was really when I considered it losing my virginity. But then I was really affected by society's view of virginity, which is um, penis and vagina sex. So when I did have sex with a man, I considered that losing my virginity. I, I, I kind of replaced it. And then later in life, when I had accepted the whole bisexuality thing and how both my experiences were valid, then I kind of just put both of them as my virginity milestones because I feel like, I mean, every sexual experience is, I feel like, awakening of some sort. Um, You always learn something new about yourself with every sexual experience. But because those were like the two that were the first for the respective sexes or whatever, then I felt like they taught me really a lot more about that particular branch <laughs> of sex or something. So I do treat them on, uh, I have, I put them on like equal weight. I mean, they were both equally bad anyway, so might as well. And I don't know if other bi people do this. Um, some bi people might uh, just consider like the actual first, first time, whether it was a, a same sex or opposite sex. But I consider both because, yeah, coming into them was like an entirely new experience for for both of those. So I felt like I was pretty much a virgin again, <laughs> uh, trying to figure out that landscape. I saw this really interesting take on virginity. This girl talked about how she considers losing her virginity as the first time she masturbated. So the first time she felt an orgasm that she gave herself was the first time she lost her virginity, which I found really interesting because I feel like the power is with her. And not from the other person giving her the experience, you know? See, right now, I can already feel some listeners going like, she didn't lose her virginity then. But we said virginity is a social construct. So you can do whatever the right. fuck you want with it. Right, right? exactly. Like, what I, is virginity really? 
the is, loss of innocence? Like, what is it? And, and in addition to like the whole preserving your uh, innocence or purity or whatever, I think that as a society, we've also become a little obsessed with firsts. Yeah. Right. We're obsessed with documenting the first. We're obsessed with finding the first, being the first. Something as important in today's society, especially in younger people's lives, because of how open we are about talking about sex now, they put more importance on their first time than they should. Because it is, by virtue of being, a first. And that's it. But I mean... Think about it this way. Not every first is meant to be celebrated. You don't remember every single first you ever had. In fact, we sometimes replace the firsts that we have with better firsts because we get to write our own stories, right? So it just goes exactly. to show you that a preference for firsts is so arbitrary. There's really no reason for it to exist. Uh, and you can also define what first time counts, right? Like, is it the first time that I had a penis in my vagina? Or is it going to be the first time I really connected with someone during sex? Right? Because, like, for example, like in my experience, I've been fucking for a minute. But the first time I made love was fucking last year. And I remember I had this conversation with a friend and she was like, yeah, okay, guys, sure, you're good at fucking, sure. But what is it like to make love? And I'm like, yeah, you just cuddle and shit. And she was like, no, like that, that experience where you're really just letting yourself be. I'm like, hmm. I call that masturbating. Uh, that could be it too. That could be it too. Well, <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Yeah. When was the last time you felt like a virgin? I. Wait lang. Isip ako. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when I got a... Heat up. Cue the Madonna song. I've been singing it in my head. Oh my God, I've been stopping myself. I've been stopping myself ever since Kai called me out for turning everything into a song. <laughs> Stop yourself, Jobim. We accept you for who you truly are. We love right, you, so Zimbabwe. Last time I felt like a virgin. Oh, God. I don't know. I must have been in my early 20s. And it was one of those, like, it must have been one of my first one night stand experiences when I was like, you know, it felt like an indie movie. The sun was coming up. I was waiting for a cab. It was, you know, I was going to go home. I was having a cigarette on the curb. And I felt like, you know, I think it was like one of the first times I had had sex with someone who I wasn't in a relationship with. And so it was a new experience for me to, to have, to have had sex with somebody and then never talk to them again. It felt like sex was new. Right. That's a lovely answer. See, that's I, so much better than your first time, first time. Right? Right? <laughs> it was more than three pumps. Um, <laughs> it was four. Oh, wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Man. That is and a 33% like, increase. Two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Statistically speaking, we're talking numbers. 33% increase is a great improvement. <laughs> Oh, My man. sex life has been in, improving at that rate ever since. <laughs> Just in 30% increments. Anyway, what about you, Kai? When was the last time you felt like a person? All progress is still progress. Um, I think it would be... Okay. So this girl came over to my house. And we had to like sneak around and like fuck in her car and shit. And we had to like kind of hush hush because the neighbors might wake up and shit like that. Like it was just so awkward and cute for me. And she was so tiny that like she, she, she pulled back the seat and she fit right in front of me. Like she knelt down and she fit right in front of me. And I'm like, oh, shit, you are a little mouse. It's like, oh, so cute. And this little, I just felt so awkward. And like I was trying to hide and trying to be like, oh my God, it might wake someone up. But that little moment, I feel like it was the toughness of the situation, I feel, made it feel like a little high school romance where it's like we had to hide around and sneak around and pretend that we were just going out to say hi to a friend, but really we were just like, you know. Great. So yeah, I felt like a virgin there. What about you, Trisha? This is so interesting because you guys are both sharing uh, memories where something new happened that kind of made you feel... Like you were exploring sex again for sort of like the first time. Um, yeah. But 
And I've had plenty of those experiences where, oh, this is entirely new and this is sex I've never had before. And I've had a lot of that. But the last time I truly felt like a virgin was long before I lost my actual virginity. Like, just like the mindset of being a virgin, the mindset of like the newness and the, not, not the newness, but like, I just always, I've always felt not virginal, like even in my thoughts, you know, um, it's just been something that's just always been there. Probably even before I masturbated for the first time, it was just there, like just sleeping in my brain. And then when it awoke, I just never felt that virginal. Oh, you know, like, I don't know. That's like what I used to say with virginity. Oh, that, that, that kind of sound. Exactly, right? Like, oh, like take my virginity. Like, I've never, <laughs> you know, I've never. Okay, so if, if, the one that. thing that I've noticed, the, the commonality that the, the three of us share when relaying the last time we felt like virgins was that there is a connection we feel between virginity and a simpler time, youth, purity, innocence, right? Hmm, and yeah, I mean, all you asked was what made us feel like virgins, and the emotions that we all experienced were were in relation to youth, innocence, purity, that that sort of stuff. And I, I think maybe that's also another reason that older people also put that premium on younger people uh, about their virginities because they're trying to impart, they're projecting in a way, uh, they, they want to preserve our innocence and, and that time in our lives because they've experienced so much sexual hangups throughout the course of their lives that they're trying to preserve us for just a little bit longer. And I don't think that's such an evil place to come from. Oh, not at all. Not at all. When you're young, I feel like it feels imposing. And then when you're younger, it's like, oh, it'd be so annoying, blah, blah, blah. Right. But I feel as though like a little... A little more time later, you'd see the parang oh, ano, like this, and you see other kids, you see little kids, and you're like, shit, like stay a kid forever, you know? Yeah, dude, don't like, fuck yet. Don't fuck don't yet. Don't fuck yet. Don't but fuck if you were yet. to talk to like a 10 year old me, I'd be like, I can't wait to fuck, dude. I just can't wait. Yeah, like, dude, my sister's fucking 18, and I'm still, I, I, I'm still like, oh my God, baby, don't, don't, see? Don't, 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 baby. See, don't. It's weird. We're having this conversation right now, and yet you want to, preserve that right? for your sister right That's there's oxymoron yeah exactly well, no, we're also acknowledging that this this um i guess if you want to call it a form of internalized misogyny to acknowledge that it is in us as well i mean mm -hmm. just because we are aware of it it doesn't mean that we're immune to it or we've erased it like yeah, you know, the, yeah, yeah. the fact that we know it is already the first step to kind of re exactly. reestablishing revamping that right? exactly like, you think about all the people who told you, um, you know, wait to have sex, you're not old enough, blah, blah, blah. And then at that age, you were like, I know what I'm doing, shut the fuck up, you know, like, right, I'm an adult, right. like, I'm mature, I know what I'm doing. And then the older you get, you're like, oh, fuck, I was dumb, you know. Yeah. But then again, oh, mm -hmm. don't and you owe that wisdom to the mistakes you made? Exactly, but like, you had to learn it. And right. uh, there's obviously a part of you that's like, uh, you know, I I don't want you to have to make the same mistakes I did. Oh, God, we sound old. Oh, um, true. That's so true. That is so true. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, like obviously there's a part of you that, especially if they're close to you, like a sibling. I don't have a younger right. sibling, so I don't have any stake in younger people fucking up. But I, I can imagine if it's someone close to you, you don't want them to get hurt. You don't want them to make bad decisions. Um, and you, and you want them to be prepared for when they yeah, do the exactly. virginity, but yeah. voila, eh, like you look at back at our lives and we didn't lose our virginity when we quote unquote should have, but we turned out okay ish. I mean, after several stumbles and scrapes, but yeah, exactly, I guess it's something you have to learn. I have this idea, like, parang, for example, like with my baby sister. I mean, she's not even a baby; she's eighteen. But let me bring that idea where I'm just so scared for her to kind of right. just go through the shit I went through because the shit I went through was horrendous. Like, I was bullied all throughout high school, all throughout grade school, and mainly because I was the resident slut and I don't want her having to go through that. Alam mo yung parang, papunta ka palang, palayo pa naman palayo, huwag ka na sumunod. Alam mo yun? Parang, shit, yeah, you just don't na lang. Yeah. If, 
if it means that your sister will eventually uh, become an, uh, a confident, empowered, intelligent woman like you, wouldn't mm. you also in, I mean, wouldn't you like let her go through all the things that you went through as well? No, I, mean, if you, I if think you she know? should go through, personally, I know it sounds hypocritical, but for me, I would much rather she goes on the same path, or she goes on her own path. I will tell her everything I have to tell her. I will guide her through everything, but at the end of the day, I want to go on her own path. But I will warn her, like, some shit's not so fun, baby girl. It's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you want them to pave their own path. You don't want them to make the, the same mistakes you did because if you can impart some wisdom and be like, okay, so don't, like, these are the things I learned. I hope you learn from them. You can make your own mistakes. Don't so make being, the same mistakes. That I being said, us talking about how virginity is a social construct and how its importance has been largely over-exaggerated, we are in no way encouraging that you just throw your virginity as the, at the next piece of meat that walks your way because you're horny. You still have to make smart decisions, people. When you're a kid, when you're like, what, 15? I don't know. I lost my first virginity at 14, maybe. Yours was 14, Jabim's was 16. So like when you're 17, yeah, when you're at that age, you're like, you may feel like you're smart and know what the fuck you're doing, but you know, your brain is like physically not developed. And again, we're not saying, we would be total hypocrites if we said that it's unethical and immoral to do it at that age because like we did it. We're just saying pull out. No, we're saying you You are kicked off the show. Um, You know what? Wear a condom and pull out. Do both. Yeah, do both. Um, But also, like my dad, when he was giving me rules to follow for my first time with a guy, because um, obviously he didn't care so much about the first time with a girl, because all he was worried about was really pregnancy and STDs. Mm -hmm. So. His only rules were wait till you're 18, um, use a condom or some kind of birth control situation and tell me. Those were his only three rules for me. And because his rules were very realistic and reasonable, I followed all three, you know? So I feel like what we, like, as yuck, older people at the figures, kuya figures, yuck. I don't know what, like, I guess what we can say is try to be as responsible as you possibly can be we can't tell you what to fucking do if you want to lose your virginity right now then sino ba kami to stop you but learn sure from our for you make sure you're doing it for you do it for yeah, exactly. you and be safe Oh, try to decipher whether or not that pressure to lose your virginity is that something you actually want to do or is it because everyone else is kind of doing it you know like, as Joe Bims, do it for you. On the opposite end of the spectrum, we also have people who are virgins well into their 30s. And when I've spoken to these people, the one thing that I've come to realize is the older you get, the less and less... It, it, it's it matters. not as much of a big... Yeah, the less and less it matters. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, they, they are perfectly happy with the relationships that they have. They masturbate all the time. They just, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's... There's kind of no downside. I mean, like, if that's your preference, there's no downside, honestly. Yes, we have a comment here from Nika. She says, true, ultimately, you decide when you're ready. Don't rush into it, but also don't be too pressured to keep it either. You don't lose your value when you decide to do it. Don't let society tell you otherwise, especially for women. And yeah, Virginity is what you make it. Virginity is what you make it. Again, like we all have very different ideas of when we last felt like a virgin, what that means to us. And like even on the sexuality spectrum, what losing your virginity means, it's so different for everybody. So, you know what? Fuck what everyone else says. <laughs> I, think, I think my main takeaway from tonight's episode is that virginity is such a nebulous concept in that it mainly exists now as an idea more than anything else. It used to have a social yeah. function. It used to have a social function. It, it was yeah, barbaric, way back when. outdated. Uh, but it's now just an, uh, an idea. We, we usually use it. We don't even use it mostly in the traditional sense anymore. Oh, are you a sexual virgin? You know, we, we, 
talk about losing your black virginity or blah, blah, virginity. We now just use it as um, a blanket term for somebody who hasn't tried something. Like yeah. anal virgin. Um, okay, I don't know why that's the only one I thought of. What else Star is Wars there? Virgin. There are other things than oh, anal. Yeah. There's so many <laughs> things in the world that aren't anal, Trisha. You couldn't think of one. I'm sorry. I'm hyper fixated on anal right now. <laughs> <laughs> in this period in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's such a it's such a it's such an abstract concept now that it, mm-hmm. it um and I, I I'm hoping that talking about it and spreading ideas about virginity as the social construct will will get people talking about how yeah. it, it's not as important as we think it is. But if it's important for you that's fine too. Because again, virginity is what you make of it. So if it's something that you really do want to save for marriage and that's genuinely what you want from the bottom of your heart, that's great too. Don't let society tell you that, you know, you need to be a different way or that you have to have sex or that you're a loser. Like take agency over your virginity. Exactly. It's yours. And I I, I feel like you don't lose it. Like you don't lose it. You willingly give it to somebody. You know, I mean, sometimes it is taken from you in a way. Actually, you know what? Before we wrap up, I do have a question I want to go back to. <laughs> it's from the other Trisha. Thoughts mm. about people losing their virginity through coercion with the person they were with. So we do, we were talking about virginity generally through the lens of something that you give or you hand over, sort of. But then here's this idea of like, what if your first time was a non-consensual experience? Yeah, it's a it's rape. If you know we're being clear, so what are yeah. your thoughts, guys? I, I, that's those are my only I, thoughts. That's rape. Yeah, it is rape. And at the same time, like I feel like that's that's an instance when the whole idea that society puts on people that virginity is something that. You have to keep that you have to safeguard comes very harmful and right because then virginity becomes something desirable and something that men will go out of their way to quote unquote take from somebody exactly and I think that is an instance where the idea that virginity is what you make it and you can define what virginity is could be an empowering or it could be a way to 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 to, to cope with such an instance. When you have the idea and you have the, the thought now, virginity is not something society tells what it is. Virginity is what I make it. Mm-hmm. You know? You define it for yourself, I feel, is something that help in that instance. Yeah. So if, if that person was asking, like, what our thoughts are, if that was your first time, remember, we've been saying virginity is what you make it. That does not have to be your first time. If that's not the first time that you ever felt that you made love, if that's not the first time you felt that you had sex, that does not have to be your first time. That does not have to be your story. Exactly. Like if we're thinking, even if we're thinking of virginity as the very basic idea of the first time you had sex, if that was the first time that you had, that wasn't sex. That was rape. You didn't have sex. Okay. Somebody raped you. By definition. By definition, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. by that very Mm -hmm. definition, like if you want to consider yourself a virgin, you have every fucking right to do so. And fuck that person also. Fuck <laughs> that, that person. Yes. We'd like to end the show by saying yeah. fuck that person. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck yep. you. Fuck you. Uh, yep. That's how we like to end our, our question show. for Trisha. Yes. Did you, and also for Joe Bim, did you hear about the anal backdoor for, in terms of virginity? Oh, God's loophole. Yes, God's loophole. Is that what you call it? I'm sorry. I heard anal backdoor and thought... Backdoor. <laughs> anal backdoor. Yeah, but anal... I did say anal backdoor. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you get fucked in the ass first, it means you're still a virgin because you're going to get fucked in the pussy. I realize now, my first time was anal because I got fucking... I did the, I did the heavens, heavens backdoor. What do you call it again? God's backdoor? Yeah. Loophole. 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 Like Garfunkel and Oates, comedy duo Garfunkel and Oates literally have a song on YouTube where it's about them having sex with their Christian boyfriends and then they're just telling them, just do anal. We're safe. We're good. We won't go to hell because we're having sex in the ass. So it's that's fucking ridiculous, by the way, because I would say that anal sex is a step above vaginal 
sex. It fucking hurt. It fucking hurt. Like it's painful. <laughs> and you yeah, know, like the only movie we're using was spit. I'm like, oh shit! What the fuck did I know? That's about why that? it hurt. I know, right? Oh, so when you're having this for the first time, you're not like into lube. You know, that's a thing you can't okay. afford. I know what I want our topic to be about next week, Trisha. What is it? Anal. Okay, you know what? I'm okay. I'm changing our our topic for next week. Then next week's an anal episode. What <laughs> stuff <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna end the show like this. Okay, so that's how we're ending it. But, but the final takeaway is that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, do you want to promote contract and expand? Oh yeah. So let's on Twitter and Instagram. I just want to say that when we start doing live events, when we start doing this podcast live, this should be how our audience applauds. Hey guys, <laughs> this is the official now open community clap. This is it's it. It's the clap. Guys. It's the clap. <laughs> Clap. We got the clap. We got the clap. Anyway. <laughs> Jobim on Instagram, Jobimism, J-O-B-I-M-I-S-M. On Twitter, I host a morning show, uh, a radio show every morning from Monday to Thursday called Morning Show, Morning Show on Jam 88.3 at uh, 10 a.m. And I have an upcoming podcast called Aging Mill- Millennials. Watch out for it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm at Trisha O'Bannon on Twitter. And obviously, you can catch Now Open um, everywhere. There are socials. So we're on Facebook and YouTube at NowOpenPH, also on Twitter at NowOpenPH, and you can listen to our Spotify episodes. Just search for Now Open the Podcast. I hope you guys can join us for next week because apparently with the last minute decision, next week's episode is about anal <laughs> butt stuff. We're going to talk about butt stuff. So if you want to learn about butt stuff and hear our experiences, make sure to tune in next week. Thank you guys Next week again. Will be the least researched episode ever, all from personal experience. <laughs> we're not even going to challenge us. Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to research. We're literally just going to talk about our favorite butt stuff experiences. Yep. So make sure you tune in next week, 9 p.m., same time, same place. Catch you guys later.